Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. What's going on, everybody, and welcome to the Daily Transcendence Podcast. I'm G.O.D. And I'm Ray. And we're your hosts. Take a journey with us into the realms of some of humanity's most inner thoughts and theories about what lies before us and beyond the other side. Take a step back with us from the day-to-day heavy burdens of this constant evolving life. From awakening the collective, astrology, the spiritual divine, holistic health, shamanism, and quantum theory, to the frequencies and vibrations of our universe, history, religion, numerology, and so much more. We spend countless hours researching to bring you the breakdown of information from some of the greatest minds in these fields and even our own experiences. We're here to challenge your thoughts so that you can reshape your own minds and beliefs into ones that better serve you. We hope you enjoy the discussions about the supernatural and the ancient knowledge that we have become so fond of, and we wish to share with you so that it may also help you on your quest in this human experience we're living. Let the transcendence begin, Godspeed, and share on. Like and subscribe to The Daily Transcendence on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. To show support for the show, we ask you to join us on all social media platforms, including Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Patreon, and YouTube. There you can find more content, updates on new episodes, and more personal interactions from both Gio and I. We want to hear from you all and connect, so message us or email us at thedailytranscendence at gmail.com. As always, we entirely appreciate your support in allowing us to bring you this transmission. And welcome back, everyone. Um, So today on this uh, discussion that we're going to have. Some stuff actually has come to our attention, our awareness, the collective's awareness as well, um, especially in the astrology and truth seeker communities, spiritual communities as well. Um, and it's got us thinking about something that we've constantly been stressing on the podcast, which is that whole speculation and the importance of building community. And I know it seems like a very general thing, reach out, do what you want to do, talk to people, but I feel like there's more that we can understand and learn. Like this is why we've been struggling uh, kind of with this and where we've been seeing the lack, but we want to introduce what's happening. uh, Some of what's going to potentially be happening, how we can continue our paths or understand our roles uh, that we're playing during these times as well. And how we can actually implement more of this community aspect rather than just talking about it um, and how we could actually, you know, make a a stride forward. Um, And the thing that brought this up for us um, is the recent news that we've seen how social media is going to start censoring um, through the algorithms, I guess you could say, or maybe not push it out as much of the astrological stuff, horoscopes, tarot, and alternative spirituality uh, content that's on their platform. Uh, So this is going to be raising concern for a lot of people in those niches you know, this could be potentially affecting their livelihood, whether it's the livings that they make off it or um, even just even just how they use it in their daily life. You know, it can be a little bit of, you know, a, a way of living a religion in a, in a sort of sense. Um, but it should raise concern for a lot of people. 
especially with what we've already been seeing on the world stage when it comes to censorship, you know, the fight against misinformation, all these topics of, of rights violated. So if this is a constant occurring theme, I think we should maybe broader exam, broaden our horizons when examining it uh, and not just maybe writing it off because this could be a very crucial moment in time. And some people are panicking and, you know, other people are trying to raise awareness during it and stuff. And I, you know, think the whole thing is to balance that out. Yeah, well said. I, I think a lot of it also has to be what it's teaching me is we have to start becoming more proactive, I guess, when we see these things. And especially in the astrology community where we see these transits and we see the limitations of Saturn and Aquarius and Uranus and Taurus, and we have these this big square and you have that big Saturn-Pluto conjunction and we know all this stuff's supposed to happen. And then when it happens, we act like we didn't know the astrology. Oh my God, limitations. Oh my, you, you know what I mean? Like, so people, it's funny what I notice is a lot of people take knowledge and they consume it, but do they actually apply the wisdom? Do they actually become wise when they do it? And I'm watching a lot of people maybe, I won't say overreact because this is okay in my eyes to see this as, especially if you have astrology, uh, you know, working for you as your livelihood, it's your religion, it's your belief system, it's all of that. And in all fairness, if people get to believe in a sky God and they get to believe in a, you know, Muhammad and uh, whatever else they worship and whatever gods and this and that, if you find the stars to be the things you worship or something along the lines, it, it shouldn't matter to anybody. And so we shouldn't be, if it's not harming anything, it should not be being censored. So if you are making money from this, if you're living from it, I get it. That's obviously a, a concern for anyone. Now, where I can kind of flip it and say it might be a little bit of an overreaction because actually earlier today, uh, well, Wednesday the 16th, there was articles I found of uh, certain social media outlets or people from them responding to this and saying, hey, this is not how it's going to work. You know, we're trying to... Uh, we're just we're, we're going to change some of the algorithms with the targeted ads, and that's because there's a lot of um, fake accounts and fraudulent uh, fraudulent accounts of you know people will uh, pose as an astrologer, say, and then send messages and try and get people to pay them using the astrologer's name and stuff. And pretty creepy, if you ask me. Like, who has the time, right? Uh, that's to me, it boggles me yeah. that people really like that's that's what you do. Imagine that. Imagine being that low of a creature. Um, so, uh, but, you know, as a Pluto Scorpio, uh, I try to see it deeper as well. Could it be maybe uh, the elites or the social media game is aware that astrology is so empowering that they're doing it? Maybe, but that's conspiracy level stuff. And so, but, but I always leave everything on the table. And so with this news, from my side of this of things, from my opinion, I'd say that it's not something to overreact to or or, or get afraid of or say that something bad's already happening. Uh, it is being implemented on March seventeenth, right, Gio? March seventeenth. Um, yeah. yeah. I just mm -hmm. it was announced on the nineteenth. Okay, so March on January nineteenth. Okay. Mm -hmm. I just think that yeah, there once in motion, once something is in motion, it can tend to start drifting towards that direction more and more and more and gain momentum. And so because of that, that would be my concern. So now that we're sitting here aware of it, and even though it might not be anything bad, maybe it's just okay targeting ads. We're trying to help astrologers and tarot readers and all of that by fixing algorithms and the way targeted ads work. That could be it. But now that this has come to our awareness, to me, that's my sign. Because I read the world in symbolism. I read the world in, in clues and hints and things that, that the universe tends to mirror to you and say, 
just be aware of it. And so now that the awareness has come, what can we do as community, right? So let's, we have the opportunity to use these platforms to come together more, to be in uh, uh, communication more, work a little harder to actually get to know each other and, and work with each other. So then we can gain and reinforce this, this community uh, foundation. Uh, and, and because we can be in touch with one another, maybe get more personal, have phone numbers, have emails and, and be in touch. Maybe this is, that time. And will we look back on this time at the beginning of, say, this new little chapter of, oh, we don't know if this world is going to be condemned, or the astrology world and, and divination world and all of that? We, you know, do we want to look back and regret not having, you know, using these, pla- not have used these platforms to get in touch with one another and make things easier later? You know? And of course, my, my camera dies, Gio. It's okay. Hmm. I'm still here. Go ahead. Yeah. yeah, it's all right. We're so rolling. But no, you bring up a good point because I even think about it in this way, you know, from what a lot of what we've been saying on this podcast and stuff is um, even with the, you know, uh, how we help in the manifestation, the creation of reality, just maybe not so extreme in some ways, like some, uh, some, some have been portraying it in certain ways, but that panic, um, if, and I'm not saying that we shouldn't, it shouldn't raise an alarm, um, of, of maybe what we're seeing that's kind of coming about and being, being implemented. It's like that panic can create like a force, a resistance. So it may actually be like you were saying, something that could potentially be helping those, you know, astrology, you know, horoscope, uh, you know, that, that type of content and that community and stuff like that. But we also could see how the panic and the fear can raise an unnecessary, um, shouting out, shouting back out, which then who knows, people may in turn take it like we've seen and be like, oh, they're trying to do this and whatever and stuff. And so therefore they talk bad against the basically the overlords on the social media and stuff like that. And then actually do end up creating censorship and do creating a ban and stuff. So I think we can see it going that way too. But no matter what, it's we're actually seeing this shit come to our front door, right in our own backyard in a way. And it may not be anything to right away scream and yell about and stuff, but here's where we can take into the awareness and understanding, seeing the overall shifts and the overall energy and stuff. And what tools are we going to use in order to fully um, decode it in that way and bring forth the best possible outcomes? I think that's, this is a prime moment for that, you know, especially when we're looking at how to create uh, this element of community and and the importance of it and really really stressing that to actually make it go somewhere and it'll take right action and it'll take patience uh you know but it's going to take opening up and trusting you know that's mm-hmm. it, to me this is what this stuff triggers it's like in my eyes, it's not the worrisome of how is this going to affect my business? And I get it. People are out there making, I get that. So I respect mm-hmm. that. But in a way, nothing's happening yet. So now yeah. you have the opportunity to do something about it. You have the opportunity and window of time to now say, okay, I am now aware that this is a possibility of uh, social media interrupting my, my actual personal and intimate life when it comes to my finance and, you know, even my, my friendships, partnerships, family, because of course, money and career always affect everything else in your life. So it it is a, it can be a fearful situation for a lot of people and especially coming out of something like a pandemic. So with that, it's like, what can we do now? We should ask these questions. Uh, and, and how can we utilize these platforms in, in, for the moment and strengthen it 
and strengthen our connections and then maybe build something ourselves. You know, maybe that's what this is calling for, right? So if we have, uh, we're following astrological law here, the North Node is now in Taurus. Taurus, North Node, is slow, slowly building something and creating your own resources. So it would, to me, if you are an astrologer out there or a lover of astrology, wouldn't that make sense? You know, wouldn't it make sense to then take this opportunity of getting out of the South Node Scorpio of fear and, and emotional upheaval and trauma and all that and just jumping into the North Node of slowly building something new and creating our own resources and, and platforms and stuff like that? creating, uh, you know, more connections, uh, activating that Aquarian age energy and stuff like that too. So the answers are out there and it's always seen beyond the fear. You know, these channels that promote fear all of the time or promote themselves, uh, and, and stay and stray from the community and stray from, uh, you know, a lot of these people help people, but more so of you know, you could see that where people are benefiting more for themselves than the community. And I don't judge that, but more so of like, well, you're playing an example. So with all these energies now, how are, how are we going to see it? How are we going to take action? What are we actually going to, uh, how are we going to utilize the energies? And especially if you're out there loving astrology, if you love mm-hmm. astrology, you know what the energies are. And so how could you be proactive opposed to fearful? Yeah, exactly. We're having that, we're having this beautiful synchronicity that's occurring, you know, uh, with everything going on, whether if we take in consideration our own personal lives and stuff, but even just on the the tension that's going on, these revolutionary standpoints and stuff. So, especially if you know the astrology in that way, or at least or you're you're getting into it or stuff, or if it's new to you and stuff like that, understanding in this way how we're seeing this type of cosmic consciousness reflecting what we're personally going through, what we're seeing, and, and especially through the synchronicity, that gives more way to why we should maybe go into uh, understanding certain symbolism and stuff like that. You know, like we said, not so necessarily look for a bad guy or be looking for the resistance in our life because we will, I'm not, I don't want to say we will, but we have the potential of creating that resistance on our own, but learning how to navigate the obstacles and how are we going to navigate these obstacles once we start understanding, you know, behind the veil of these, uh, you know, sim- this symbolic language of the universe and stuff like that. It's we start to learn how to approach like and approach what what we need to do in order to work on these things and use the energy um, to implement change, even if the thing is that uh, that change can be uncomfortable in a certain way, but really being able to flow into this understanding of like, yeah, but this is the overall change. This is what's showing me of the season shifting even, but the overall bigger season that we're talking about. And that's how you can start to reflect it in more so of that way, you know, especially knowing what you know about the info age. Well, and just being wise with it, right? Like Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of people, maybe they don't trust themselves or they don't have the confidence yet, but if you are learning this type of knowledge and whatever type of wisdom or divination or whatever it really is that you study, it's like, are you actually utilizing it and applying it? I look at a lot of astrology and I see how people could run with the fear of it and also the victimhood of it, right? They could actually not empower themselves through it, but actually make up the excuses uh, and use it as an excuse of saying, well, I'm a, you know, I'm a so-and-so, so it makes me this. And then, I, well, that's just who I am. It's how I, ch-, you know, but yet it's, no, it's, it's there for you to transcend it, right? So it's there for you to become aware of it and then work, be, be, be above it, work on it, uh, solve it 
and then become something new and integrate new qualities as a soul if you are studying astrology, right? So it's so important to see it that way. So, I mean, you can interpret things however you want, but it better be having some sort of effect on you where you're, you're bettering your life opposed to falling more into victimhood or blame or anything like that, guilt, regret. You're, you're, you're in this meat suit. You're here to learn things. And we know this already, right? And especially in, in this area of study. So now it's like, how are we going to look at the planets today and say, well, where could I be proactive? And this was a trigger. I'm telling you, this was something that really mm-hmm. hit me hard when it came to like, wait, I've been here before when it comes to moments. I've learned too much in life already as a young lad to say, when you get one little insy bitsy signal, that's actually a big sign that things are on the horizon. So can't wait the, you know, how he had brought this to my awareness and our awareness, not an overreaction because that little itsy bitsy, he's correct, turns into mm-hmm. something like this. If we don't interrupt it, let's, let's yeah. get in the way of it or, or create our own pendulum uh, of, uh, of a community and say, okay, you know, like let's all work together. It's got, I mean, if you're an astrologer in the age of Aquarius, it's the most obvious thing. Start your own network. Start your own community. You know, it's it's to me. It's I, I'm not a hardcore like an astrologer yet, but I've studied it long enough to say, oh, that's pretty obvious, and you could see it. Mm-hmm. You could see it. Yeah, I agree. That's where the universe yeah. is pushing us. Yeah. And no, it, it it really is, and that's the thing is you can see this in this, uh, in, in what's kind of transforming. Like this is an eye opener to be like. Hey, all right. Like we need to see, okay, take this actually a little bit more seriously now, as far as like we've, yes, we know to, to do these things of talking to one another, exchanging ideas and stuff, but do we really do it? And it's like, are we lacking in certain ways on doing that? Especially like, are we actually figuring out what our thing is that we want to, that we want to pursue and stuff like that, that we are going to be all in about and if we know that's what we want to be all in about, are we actually going to do what's necessary and do what it takes? And I think that's this transformative time right now is taking place. And there's a bigger, um, there's bigger connectivities to what's led up to this point as well and stuff. Um, so, you know, we're, when we're thinking about the people who are going to keep this type of knowledge going as well, despite what it goes through down the road and stuff, censorship or no censorship and stuff, you know, who's going to be the gatekeepers of the data on this end and the gatekeepers of the knowledge? We already see who the elitist type gatekeepers are of data and and information and stuff like that when it comes to a lot of how we consume our news and information and how we consume product and, you know, going through our lives in that way. So, there needs to be also a know of, okay, it's not about all of what they're doing. It's also about what I'm doing, what we're doing as the collective as well, of being able to preserve and also tap into a, a bit of our own power. It's the, it's the, the age of the, the we, you know? Yeah, and it makes sense then to, because everything works in polarities, right? To stay balanced. And so mm-hmm. to, to work as the we, we need to become individuated in our own first, right? Yes. We need to find our individual self first because then we can healthily become part of the we and integrate ourselves into the group. Um, if you don't know who you are, you're just going to become the group. You're going to become yeah. what you're a part of opposed to being a part of it. You know, like if the finger tried to be a toe, 
wouldn't work. You know, yeah. so you, every part of your body needs to be what it is for the body to work properly, right? And and I use, by the way, from before our conversation uh, with the analogy of, you know, with astrology, right? With manifestation, it's like things are what they are and for a certain reason, right? So there's natural law. So a finger can't be a toe and they are their own things for their specific reasons. And the same thing goes to nature. Uh, and if you want to question the validity of, well, I manifest things, astrology, I could transcend the stars and I can manifest whatever I want. Well, it's like, well, if you tried to manifest the, um, you know, uh, that you didn't want summer to come, that you, or you wanted all year to be summer round and you lived up in the north, and just because you set an intention to manifest something, there's something called natural law that you cannot change, right? There's objective law to this place. There are rules. This is a Saturnian rule of... Uh, of, of law, like there, there is boundaries, limitations, and these things cannot change, right? So when we look at uh, astrology objectively, we see that just like you can't change the fact that summer is going to come, you can't change the fact that these energies are here. There's energies here present on earth, and you could see it play out in an archetypal fashion on, on the planet, right? So understanding natural law, it gives you the wisdom to not try and control nature, but to then ride the wave, ride, mm. you know, actually move with nature in the way that it's kind of gliding you, right? And as long as you can get on that and you can ride the wave, that's what, metaphorically speaking, that's what astrology does for everybody when they become spiritually aware. You're actually starting to ride the wave of nature on an energy level so then you can make the right decisions and you could see things before they happen. It's like having uh, the weather channel, right? And you see the radar and you could see a hurricane's coming. Mm. So astrology is that radar system and you're saying oh shit in a few weeks this hurricane is going to be here i better be prepared now you're not going to be able to stop the hurricane right unless you're the mm -hmm. cia and have weather warfare 1952 go check it out but i'm just saying if you're not them and you're just this spirit being in a in a you know five finger uh spirit being whatever you want to call it then that means that you have to just prepare for it and ride the wave and so looking at it that way how can we then take the energies now, the things we see playing out from potential war to potential censorship of, uh, of all the divination and all that, we have the opportunity now to come together. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, that's it, like what you said about that whole thing of being able to come to the identity first before we could go into the we and, and the group think. And it's true, you can't try to control those things or change them um, the same way it also comes down to, I think, not being able to try to control or change other people's opinions and beliefs. And it's like, yeah, but doesn't there need to be a link up of opinions at least and stuff? Maybe not all beliefs, but of opinions at least in order to create this this type of community or group setting that's kind of revolutionizing things. And it's like, yeah, as you do. But the thing is, the over presumption of it, of uh, and then the fact of trying to shut others off, like like we see social media, media uh, news outlets, you know, uh, that type of stuff, the, you know, just daily news and stuff like that, whatever it may be, medical information at this time and stuff. Um, obviously that, you know, they're trying to change their own narrative and stuff too, but it's not necessarily about um, trying to stop their narrative and stuff, you know, by, you know, by kicking and screaming about it basically, but being like, okay, well, no, no, no. What's, what's the narrative that's going to be as well. That, that, that is there also and stuff. And, and that's part of the shifting. 
And it's like, which do you want to consume and allow to manifest? Um, but you're seeing how history has literally shown us when it comes to opinions and beliefs, how they're supported by a, a small minority. And then often those small minorities are more so right in that sense of a scenario. And then the same way, the other way, and it's like the, the opinions and beliefs in larger minor, uh, majorities and stuff like governments as well, they're often times wrong when it comes to the real, the real energy and the real swing of how things are going on during change. Um, so I think there's a little comfort in knowing that no matter what, what's meant to be comes about, even if it doesn't look how you want. That's why opinions and beliefs need to be not so, uh, it should be more objective, I guess. Right. Would that be the right one? I always objective and subjective. Yeah. yeah. Objective is like definitive. It is right. You know, yeah. so it's objectively the truth, right? That mm-hmm. this is a solid object and all that's objective. You can't change it just by thought alone, but a subjective truth would be something like converting from religion or, mm-hmm. you know, Christianity to Catholicism or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, changing a belief. It's a paradigm in a way, right? So subjectivity is to the person. So it's someone who has a unique experience of their own to how things are are happening. So the way that we actually see even astrology and any divination is all subjectivity. So if they're trying to censor things, which by the way, I do have the article and I'll get it up of the response to the freak out uh, two days ago, um, where they're saying it's not censored. But if it were to, you know, the 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 argument would be or debate would be that Astrology and divination are actually subjective things, right? No one's telling anybody to believe anything. It's the same thing as a religion, right? So someone's not going to, in the church, saying, you better believe in God. I mean, they'll say, you know, you're going to hell if you don't. So you're kind of beat, but it's not like it's illegal or people should be censored if they don't believe in God. Because if you were going to do that to the astrology community and all that, then why don't, why doesn't, then block every atheist post you can find? Because it would be saying basically the same thing. And so, but atheism is subjectivity, You know, like objective reality is things that we could see, you know, the five senses and all of that. And you can argue other things are subject or objective, but if it's outside the realm of the five senses, it actually technically can only be subjective to the person because, Mm -hmm. you know, I could prove this light is on, but I can't prove that God's within the light. Or maybe I could, but that would be subjective to my own understanding. So there's a there's a fine line there and we have to learn it, but we also have to respect it too. Yeah, I think there's a natural process. Think about it. When opinions and beliefs kind of come about, a lot of times what it ultimately ends up creating is a, some sort of innovation, you know, one way or another, whether there's chaotic energy force, you know, backing that as well and stuff, but it, it creates a type of innovation and growth somewhere in humanity and consciousness and society as well and stuff. I mean, like think about even, for example, in the early 1700, uh, 17th century, yeah, the Catholic Church strictly cracked down on heliocentrism, right? So then the idea that all planets orbit the sun. But we know, and although that some, you know, it's in the mainstream is that we know that to be true, the belief of geocentrism, the idea that the earth is center of the universe was accepted by the vast majority of Europeans at the time. And that included even the educated people as well. Um, and then we know that Galileo considered the father of modern science. Then he was charged by the church and then has that, that vehement of suspicion and uh, of heresy because of the promotion of heliocentrism was in place. But an innovation came 
through that of understanding now and being able to be like, okay, it's in our awareness now. We have to observe it. We have to find a way to work together on it. That's what's showing us the overall group aspect of it is that no matter what, it's it's in limbo, this opinion or this viewpoint or this topic or this concept. It's in limbo, uh, not to be one destroying the other or something like that, but to initiate the change that's necessary. It's the next level of consciousness, basically. Um, and we see that a lot. And that's why history kind of becomes important in that sense, too, as well. You know, and this whole thing that we're talking about censorship and misinformation, you know, this is why we need to be in, in make it important about the building community because those types of restrictions can have a lot more, you know, difficult consequences. And yeah, with this thing that we're seeing with the astrology um, stuff and stuff, we're also seeing that it may not actually be that of which is being said or that's raising the alarm. Um, but that's not to also mean to sleep on it. And that's how we're going to kind of differentiate with, with understanding and looking at now this time with the elements and the language of the universe, how to interpret what's uh, the, the, the nature of our reality at that moment and uh, what is the universe asking us to do that's going along with the change and not to be thrown for a complete loop by the change as well. Yeah, nicely said. And uh, I think now that I'm thinking back again, adding to that, is going back to subjective real quick. Someone could walk out on a sunny day and someone actually hates it and likes the cold and the other person loves the warm. So you have people who hate the warm and you have people who love the cold. That's subjective experience in the same, say, standing right next to each other in the same spot almost, right? And they're they're having an experience similarly. So just like astrology and I'm going to compare the two of just like that physical experience, the energies being say Saturn in Aquarius or Jupiter in Pisces conjunct Neptune, which is coming up. And uh, all this experience of deception of over inflating the media and the news and certain things that go on. And if you learn the archetypes of these planets, you start to see that in the archetypal characteristics, things are playing out. And that's, you know, using the right mind, using the right brain, seeing patterns and understanding through stories and sounds and music. And and with astrology, it's you're, you're learning the mythologies and the stories of these things and seeing the archetypes and the qualities play out. And so mm-hmm. we, we could look out and say that this planet's here and it is this energy. That's coming off as objective. But someone's experience, just like with the Weather Channel, it's going to be 80 degrees, you know, clear skies. And there, two people are going to have subjective experiences of that objective reality. So mm-hmm. like, with, like that, with astrology, we're going to have that same thing happen. So these planets are in specific energies. It's creating a forecast. And with that forecast, there is this objective vibration going on. But we all have our genuine and, mm-hmm. a, and unique vibrations ourselves, which are going to subjectively be experienced through the energies that are objectively coming down from the uh, the, the, the top of the firmament, uh, up in space, I don't, whatever you guys want to say. Mm-hmm. So, and that, and, and to know what, how you're, you know, dealing with it or, t- or talking with the vibrations of the realm is actually understanding your natal chart and your progress chart. And that's where this is where astrology gets fun because you're learning your subjective experience through objective, uh, observation. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. We're going to have to have awareness and remembrance of these and accept the fact that there's going to be different types of mentations throughout these shiftings in time because everybody's going to go through and process things in a different way, like you're saying and stuff. Um, but 
you know, reflecting and not just wasting the time, you know, and actually reflecting on these different mindsets and dementations as well. You're developing the mind of individual of your individual self, which is kind of like that whole thing. If we're going to say it's Aquarian energy with a lot that's going on, the the opposite of that would be the Leo part, and that has a lot to do with the the self, and and that's where we got to make sure that we're using that scope of astrology as like a balancing scale. You know, it's to even even things out in a way, and knowing when to stop, knowing when to go. You know, that's the awareness through the significant cycles and transits. So, and this is a prime energy that we're in right now. And that's why I think it's so important and why it even sparked even something in us, maybe not in the panicking way that maybe we have potentially seen from some of it. Cause I've seen some TikToks. If I went to a certain hashtag uh, and I saw some TikTokers actually uh, talking about it and they have more of that panic energy, you know, and I understand it's the same thing like the people who, you know, when, you know, the, the, action jackson vaccination stuff like is was these mandates were implemented right people all of a sudden panicked like oh my god what am i gonna do i'm gonna lose my job i'm not gonna be able to afford afford my living all this stuff da 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 whatever people panicked and understandably so you know these are these are people's livelihoods as well and stuff but this prime energy right now just like even then is being presented to us right now where we can find perseverance for potential through the, you know, through what kind of is coming up in the reactive chaos or the fight or flight energy, you know, what, how is that going to implement us to go and be like, okay, here's a change. I'm not going to resist it. What, what needs to be done? And there is, there is guidance from beyond your own logic, beyond your own thinking that can come into play and could really help you, you know, and for example, what we're seeing right now is there's tension and, you know, how can we ease that tension? But there's also through that tension, these revolutionary uh, type ideas and momentum that move forward and how to go with that for yourself and also in turn for humanity as well, because no matter what, it's, it's also there's also a miniature reflection within within you of what's going on. And like I said, looking at the scope through the astrology as well, it gives us a gauge almost. And I think that's, you know, hey, like, why not? If we're really wanting to make action and make movement and make progress and stuff in our life and stuff, you know, can we really afford to uh, discount certain things and just throw them off to the side and stuff like that? And I've always stuck with that thing that's like, that's always stuck in my head that I always contemplated was, uh, you may not like something at first, but once you start doing it a little bit more and you understand it, you may potentially start to actually enjoy it. Um, and that's something I think to keep in mind, even with what, what we want to do with ourselves, you know, on a daily basis, it gets, it gets down to, to that brass tack and you see what builds off that as well. You know, it's having that urgency, like you, like, like we're saying, and yeah, be aware of it, but not to panic. There's going to be course correcting that goes on, but try like try to do it without the extremes and then we could do that if we stay consistent in doing the work and knowing how to be honest with ourselves and accept the task that's presented at hand so and sticking together and sticking together yeah, like sticking uh, together. It, it is about you using those individuation because you had mentioned you know the polarity of aquarius being leo and so that's creating the individuation 
uh, of your soul and your being and finding what it is you need to do and what you would like to do with your life. And the, and the more you do that, the more then you're going to benefit the other, right? So it is a time to focus on self, but by f- the, the paradox is by focusing on self, you are focusing on the world. You're bettering the world by bettering your own. So mm-hmm. it really truly is about finding yourself at this particular moment because when you do and you can give the world your genuine service and and, and, and and tender care and love and compassion through the thing you actually enjoy doing or things, you know, it, it, this is all an excuse to, to live a happy life now. You know, so with, especially with Jupiter and Pisces where this energy gives off more of a like, hey, your dreams can come true. The, the, uh, the paradox of that would be that the fact that you over you over dream you over dramatize the dream or you overshoot it and then you get nothing. This could be a time mm. of great gifts or great disappointments. But so are you being real with yourself, bringing in that polarity point of Virgo and saying, okay, well, can I pinpoint and and get real focused and steady and say and use that Virgoan mindset of sticking to one thing at a time and mm. really going after that specific goal and that specific thing. A lot of people yeah, are so practical. undecided. Mm-hmm. Being practical. Yeah, I was, I was looking for it. So yeah, being mm-hmm. practical with these things and having you know having the dream, having the vision, and then just scoping it in into a practicality mm-hmm. and to a discernment as well because Saturn and Aquarius basically limiting us from other people and and these communities and groups is Saturn's teaching us a lesson. Hey, this is how it feels to be isolated. And this is how it feels to be mm-hmm. separated from the group or not have those people on your frequency. And for the past two, three years, or maybe even longer, a lot of us have felt a little misplaced mm-hmm. or alone in this world, right? So we could definitely all probably agree on that. A lot of us can. So with these energies at play and, and able to read the astrology and say, hey, this objective thing, if I believe in astrology, and it doesn't matter if you believe it or not, you know, you could believe that February doesn't exist, but February is just going to exist anyway, at least the season of it and the sun and where it goes, it's going to exist. You can't prevent it. So by understanding, say, the archetypal knowledge of astrology and understanding how these energies work and using it to your advantage of your subjective experience to have a proactive and a, a sort of uh, have a, having a betterment with you know your attitude towards your life and all of that, then we could start really formulating things and gathering as a community. And before they try to say attempt to shut anything down on social media, we could actually take the action now to prepare mm-hmm. for that moment so that they can't take anything from us. We actually become sovereign beings of our own and take action there. Yeah. We definitely got to have that preparation. I And if the past few years haven't taught us to, you know, have a little sense of urgency with, you know, preparing ourselves, but not being a fanatic about it. I mean, that's the thing. Like toilet paper. Yeah, exactly. Toilet paper, whatever it may be. We've had fear. (laughs) We've had anger that's come up. You know, we've had, uh, restrictions, uh, all, all, all those types of things like, um, and all those things have caused contingencies in a lot of areas, whether it's economic contingencies or if it's, uh, even just social contingencies, it, which affects, um, the mental health and the the psychological aspect in people, and then and then that invert changes how people interact with each other, and that overall actually changes the whole structure of society and even the depiction of reality and stuff. And there has been that closed offness, there has been that separation. But I think the beauty of the other side of the coin of what's been happening through this time is the fact that it's forced people to go within. It's forced people to have to reflect on those things. And a lot of people have benefited from that. And a lot of people have, I'll even say the extreme have perished from, you know, that time and stuff because 
whether they could handle it or maybe they weren't able to handle it, of really getting to see themselves and seeing the, the, the seeing a glance at the illusions that they have so identified in their lives as well. Um, and I think some people were able to handle that, some weren't. And if you were somebody that's been able to handle that or you're coming into it and stuff, you know, it's, it's, it's really like this, this time that you could just kind of see this transformation kind of occur within yourself and now how to learn how to, when these, these themes keep coming up, you start learning how to be able to be more prepared for them, whether it's mentally, whether it's stocking up the right way or, you know what I'm saying? Or having resources or, uh, learning new ways to, um, you know, to provide for yourself and shit, you know, these are the prime energies and the prime opportunities that we're seeing come about to us because, and I, I love, I love that the first thing for me in this too came up was the astrology. I mean, I know that we're talking about, you know, potential of censorship in astrology and stuff, but you know, it's so funny how the astrology is a great way to start maybe to reflect on those things. And you can see the, the overall like outer symbolism right. as well of it too. Right. Yeah, mm. yeah. And and that feels most right, especially if you're in, you know, this field, right? If you're if you're studying it, if you're if you believe in it, then what are you studying it for? You know, if you're not gonna apply the actual knowledge, if you're not gonna actually sit there and say, okay, I see the limitations of Saturn and I see the the square of Uranus and I see Uranus is in Taurus and it's ripping apart all the, you know, uh, the financial systems and you're highly aware of these things. What's the freak out about? Hey, you've known this. It's time to be proactive. Now, if you don't know it, well, this is what you're missing out on. This is, mm-hmm. it, it, these things have been put out there by so many astrologers and say, hey, this is going to happen be prepared. We can't predict exactly how things happen. These aren't fortune telling things, but um, we're giving you saying, Hey, you know, we see this hurricane in the sky. It's coming 75, 80% chance. It's probably going to hit here. Do something about it. Board up the house, grab your whatever. And it doesn't always have to be negative things. It could, you know, there could be a fucking, I don't know, carnival yeah. coming into town. I don't know what you like. It'd just be proper. I don't care. And just say, yeah, whatever and, it is. And, and with um, the nodes being that we have, North node in Taurus, which has a lot to do with our possessions and our values and stuff. And then slowly building. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. So like you can kind of see, especially that, you know, Uranus is right there and there's been a lot of shakeup of how we're going to manage some of those things and how the community has been, you know, you know, shocked and shooken up and stuff too. Like, so that's how we can kind of better form these concepts for, okay, how am I going to fortify myself? This is the preparation we talk about. And a lot of that simply begins and starts with the, even the mind and the mentation and everything and stuff. And it's cool how we can learn about how to gain that awareness through the occult, through, you know, the understanding of even sacred geometry and the astrology. And that's, that's how we're binding it together with the astrology. And we're going to go deeper into those things in later episodes as well. Um, uh, do you have anything that you want to say? Do you want to say? Because I, I think I kind of want to introduce maybe just some of the astrology and maybe some of the overall archetypal energies that maybe Lowell witness, which we've talked a little bit about already. But uh, yeah, uh, and real quick, I'll just add this: mm-hmm. that you mentioned the occult yeah. sciences, and if if anyone out there that's new or you know you're not, you don't fully grasp it yet of what the occult really means, a a cult 
or the occult are two different things, right? So the occult mm-hmm. just means something hidden. And so um, this is from a book called uh, Sane Occultism by Dion Fortune. And I just wanted to read this after you mentioned it. It triggered me to, to bring it up. Mm-hmm. Occult science, rightly understood, teaches us to regard all things as states of consciousness and then shows us how to gain control of consciousness subjectively. How ironic. Which control, mm-hmm. once acquired, is soon reflected objectively. I didn't do that on purpose, by the way. There's a little bit of Matrix code Synchronicity right, right there. Absolutely. By means of this conscious control, we are able to manipulate the plane of the human mind. It is a power that is neither good nor evil in itself, but only as it is used. The initiate of the right-hand path dedicated to the service of God conceives that it should be used solely for uh, the purpose of bringing human consciousness to an awareness of God and all that implies when understood in its full significance. He uses his knowledge of the mind to make it the instrument of the spirit. Now, in contradistinction to the initiate of the left-hand path, who uses the knowledge, the same knowledge of the mind to make it the servant of his passions, occultism can never be an end in itself more, uh, nor a mere satisfaction of intellectual curiosity, but the most potent weapon in the hands of the intellect. Is it worthwhile for, for men of goodwill to learn to handle this terrible two-edged sword? Uh, it is not only worthwhile, but essentially for the safety of the race, for so many men of ill will have learned to handle it. Uh, and I'll, I'll stop it there for now. But that's this is the unfortunate. This why we can't get hung up. Yeah, that's why we can't get hung up on this thing of that there's this, there's just this evil presence. There's this oligarchy fucking, you know, just, you know, it's, there's always some sort of enemy. We got to understand that there is a potent, there is a, a role we play in, in the creation of this so-called evil or energy uh, resistance, whatever it may be. Hmm. Yeah, we're, cre- I mean, to me, I ride with the notion that this place is a mirror to your consciousness and there's a collective consciousness and there's an individual consciousness. And they, they play into one another and all of that. But everything we're experiencing on an individual level is only mirroring the things within our consciousness, within our vibration, within the information field that we're emitting as a light being or spirit. And then it plays out in the physical so then we can experience mm. those things with the five senses. So then we can actually change the vibration. When it comes to the collective mind, right? The collective mind's doing the same thing. So let's say the government, and I've said this before and I'll say it over and over again. The collective uh, mind created the government, the government to control the mind, the word government, as actually a, I think, a reflection of themselves, us as a whole who don't trust ourselves to take care of ourselves, that we Mm -hmm. need a parental figure. We need a patriarchy. We need just like religious uh, uh, organizations where you have the nuns and the women who were shunned, but then the patriarchy male with the Pope and the black Mm -hmm. Pope and God being the guy in the sky and and all that. But then when you look back in the, you know, Egyptian religions, it was Israel, you know, yeah. Isis Ra El, meaning the male, yeah. female, and the spirit, the mother. You know, the, the Trinity. The fu- right, exactly. And then now it's funny is Christianity goes the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. They eliminate the female aspects of things, but when you place it back in there, you start to reconnect all of this stuff. And then when you do that, you start to fully understand these things, uh, uh, not only on a deeper level, but on a more interactive level, on a more, per- uh, uh, um, you know, an intimate level. And so we have to be careful how we define, uh, how do we, we define these things and where we place judgment uh, and really humble ourselves in thinking, you know, maybe you're not right, or maybe you don't understand everything fully to, you know, to, to, to what it is. If I, I, I'm a firm believer. If you feel like you're there, you're the farthest away from being there because you should never feel like you're there. If you really think you got it, that you should just lay down in the pew 
and wait to get your rewards in the afterlife. And even though six days out of the seven days of a week, you were doing shit that you probably shouldn't have while God was say watching in your opinion, in your perspective. And then on Sunday, just cause you went and repented. I mean, if all that, look, I respect all of it, but you know, to condemn anything else, to say the occult is bad when you don't understand it or understand it is to me a fallacy. Yeah. Or heresy, exactly. should I say. Heresy. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, that's like, you know, the breadcrumbs are being laid out for us, but it's like as if, you know, th- there's a trail of breadcrumbs leading, uh, leave, leading from starting at point A to point B, but you're finding that path, you're finding that trail of breadcrumbs as well. And instead of going with it to find and come to the loaf, you're getting the breadcrumbs going towards where you where it started, where it potentially started and stuff like that. And that's not going to be as long lasting or rather you can actually get the full loaf by going in this right direction and following what you're saying even here, but it's the right hand path in that way. Um, and there's a lot presented to us. There's a lot that's reflected in our reality that we could see that. And the same thing with religion, you know, what you even said before, like reminded me of the whole Trinity thing, which is kind of something that is going to play hand in hand with that I bring up and stuff. Um, but yeah, man, I, I think that's 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 where we're at, and so why it's it's great to put a little bit of importance on it and stuff, and and to make sure that we're like, whoa, whoa, like let's process this, let's process what's going on. We're not going to just be lackadaisical and take our sweet old time necessarily, but we're gonna handle this right. Yeah, yeah, and and to add one last thing is you know knowledge and force form the two arcs of the circuit of the occult, right? Not like having mm-hmm. the the knowledge and applying the force of that knowledge, which becomes then wisdom, and w- when these are conjoined, the power flows through us and a nature. Uh, which contains no force can study the sacred science, and no results will be brought about. And a nature which has no knowledge will be unable to utilize it as its force. But where there is both knowledge and force, it is only a matter of time till some illu- uh, al- like illuminative idea gives a sudden glimpse of the significance of the inner life within all of us. But there is this subjectivity to that, right? There is this personal experience, and we all must abide to that. Using astrology, say, is let's say you're not intuitively finding these things. If you need guidance, the astrology will give you the energetic breakdown. Um, mm. And why would the church not want you to read this? Because it, you're, you're becoming empowered. Why would they not want you to meditate and use astrology and all that? It empowers you as much as mm. someone out there who's religious. I hear them, you know, they're getting up out of their bathtub they're, when they're in their, mm. you know, Scarface bathtub. And it was Michelle Pfeiffer. Just, yeah, <laughs> I can't even do it. <laughs> um, uh, Matt McKinley. Ugh. I love you. Um, but yeah, no, sitting in your in the in the bathtub with your rubber ducky ready to just, you know, launch it my way, say, mm-hmm. you know, but but in the Bible says that the, the the astrologers stay away from the fortune tellers and all of that. Yes, there are astrologers that will take mm-hmm. your money. But so but there also is there are priests and um clergymen that will take your money. Stay away from the fortune tellers. Yeah. So to condemn astrology is only ignorant, and to condemn any religion is only ignorant if you don't understand or understand them and have done the work. And the problem is a lot of us have walked into our lives and taken on the traditions of our families and the traditions of our cultures. And yet the best thing you could do nowadays is actually separate yourself temporarily from these things to find yourself within, to find the individuation and then then reintegrate back into society and to, and to culture and start recreating it and create your own in a way and have mm-hmm. you attract your own, uh, your own tribe, but your vibe and all of that stuff. So- yeah. And maybe you need to tune up that, that inner tuning fork of that guidance of how to actually, 
you know, oh shit, well, what do, how do I know that I'm actually on the right path? How do I know what's, what's what? Um, if I'm doing good or bad, well, one, that's, that's a type of verbiage that you might have to eliminate and learning how to become outside of that whole thing of good and bad, which we've constantly gone over again. Um, but that, that inner guidance is, is what we're going to develop. Um, you know, that's the same thing with, you know, you, you mentioned the Bible as well. Like the Bible also says, uh, you know, that God brought forth the Maseroth and, you know, and, uh, the stars in, in the in the heavens and let them be for signs, right? Well, okay, how can we take that and find a practicality with that as well? That's why we're saying and connecting the dots of being like, it's astrology, it's the ancient teachings, it's the religious teachings, but we're decoding these things and not taking them for face values into extremes as well. Um, because once again, that creates the panic, the disorder, the chaos, which even through disorder, panic, chaos and stuff, there is going to be an outcome no matter what from it. It's going to settle. It's going to go into that wave form as well. It's, you know what I'm saying? There's going to be highs and lows, ups and downs, balances in betweens and stuff like that. It's just which side do you want to be caught on uh, in the ride? And um, so one thing that I found, anything you want to add at all? No, that's it. We're good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that was all I had to say about the occult for now. Okay. Um, and kind of just, uh, I'm not going to go too deep into this right now, but I want to present what we're saying as a concept that's actually uh, um, uh, iterated by um, Dan Rudyard. Um, and I like it because it really made me, it really made me think about, okay, how can we look about maybe what systems are in play right now? So we can understand this face of the energy, the face of this vibration. And if we're saying that one of the ways is going to be through astrology, I think this is a great concept as well. Um, Hmm. Because we are dealing with, we said, Aquarian type energy, uh, very Piscean or Neptunian energy and, you know, Scorpionic energy with Pluto and stuff. So um, uh, he says about thinking about the, the threefold centuries as this unfolding of a three-part drama almost, but that there's also a prologue to it. Um, and one way we can look at it is through the, through, through the uh, astrological uh, come-tos over those centuries as well, but also the quality of what was happening within those centuries as well. So it pointed out Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto in the 18th and 19th and 20th centuries uh, coincides with a threshold uh, or a threefold crisis of world transformation. So mid 18th to 19th centuries almost acted as like a prologue. And then the 21st century uh, is kind of like this climax come to the conclusion of the context of the drama that's been unfolding. And so these three centuries should be seen as like a great drama in three acts, a drama where their theme was the coming of this new Maya, this new avatar. Um, And now you can think of it as like the 18th century uh, that he says it's also referred to as the century of lights should be considered as this prologue um, because of the fact of the context that it brings forward. Um, this there was initiation of idea almost in a sense, um, and that 
at the first, at, fir at first, the descent operates as a mental impact, stirring the minds of individuals, especially that are ready to act as critics of the past. But at the same time, they're able to resonate to the archetypal patterns of yet of the yet distant future. So it's it's the seed patterning or the archetype of this future is then being sown into the minds of few thinkers under a guiding pressure from far above their normal consciousness. And it's in the name of this intuitional sensing of uh, a, a yet unclear idea that these individuals and others aroused to action by them beginning to act as a uh, catabolic agents, as destroyers of what the masses of the people are still then taking for granted. So one way that it was portrayed to this, if we're thinking of Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto, it's funny, and we're thinking about 18th, 19th, 20th, and I'm going to add in 21st century of in, in that same way as well. And the discovery of those planets happened in the 18th Uranus, uh, you know, 18th, 19th century, Uranus, Neptune, and then Pluto as well in that order. So it's kind of, if we look at it this way, it could be like, also, wait, hold on. I want to let you interject at all. What? Uh, do you want to interject at all or anything in there? Um, no. I, if I do interject, it's gonna it, it'll be a it'll be lengthy, I guess. So not yet. Okay. Continue, continue through. I think I'd like to hear yeah. you explain the whole concept. The only thing, actually, sorry, is the fact is when things come to in my eyes when the when this is the one thing I do want to say is. Mm -hmm. When you're thinking about this and there's discoveries of planets, when we find something in the outer realm, it's been discovered in the inner realm, right? Because it's always yes. a mirror. So when Uranus was discovered, that means the aspects and what this planet meant to us as an archetype and as the characteristics, we found in ourselves or we started finally to discover that and slowly it, it unfolded. And that goes along the lines of the same thing with every planet. Once we found Neptune, mm. once we found Pluto, all of a sudden these things, it was maybe these things were always there, but it came to our, into our awareness. And that's the way I would kind of look at, say, the physical discoveries of these uh, planets or electromagnetic stars. Mm -hmm. Exactly. No, perfectly. I'm glad you inputted that because that's important to starting this and, and kind of having a direction when it comes to wanting to break down these these things, because there's a lot of parallels between, um, you know, what's going to be shown in discovery, uh, the astrology as well and stuff. And we're going to see through the archetypal energy what's going what's actually going on or what, what we can interpret of the overall energies and maybe what this cycle is that we're potentially in and know our place in it. Um, so we said Uranus, Neptune, Pluto, right? Each one's concise of a period. It's the 18th, 19th, and 20th, and then even 21st century as well. So if we look at the first period, um, and this is how it even reflects to uh, the more Hindu gods as well and stuff too, or the Trinity, like we were talking about before. You have the three Trinity, the, 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 the three points of the Trinity and stuff, right? Uh, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, right? And the first period could also look as the Shiva period, which is Shiva the, the Destroyer, which can also be known as Uranus since Uranus kind of shakes things up and it's the iconoclast and the revolutionist. And so during this period, so we see the changing of ideas, which seem radical at the time, but they're innovating when we look at what actually ends up happening. They're actually innovating uh, up, up against the status quo of, of that time. Um, and it's just showing that that's a time for a shift. There's a time for evolvement. Um, and this becomes the prototype. 
It's the impersonation of what human consciousness can imagine of what's to be or how it is to be. It's This is the model period and the basis. And then you have the second period, which can be the Brahma. This is where we saw a lot of Christian esotericism come in. This is the development of the father, more uh, the, the patriarchy that comes about um, this religious type order of, of, you know, really gaining its place in the world and its momentum, you know, and this would be Neptunian energy, Poseidon as well with the patriarchal paternal type thing as well, the Piscean age, um, though it's a mini age within it. And this is the coming about of the teaching uh, the teaching and the teachers of righteousness, spirituality and religious building. Um, and then the third period that comes to point would be the Vishnu. This, so that's the sun aspect of the divine creative power. This is where consciousness is now more evolving into an awareness of its scent, of these three paths, of these three centuries, through the awareness of the discovery of these three planets too. And it's relation to ancient teachings. So you're seeing how the synchronicities come about. And I think this is a good starting point. Um, but during that third period, this is where core truth starts coming into play. We're taking more accountability in, uh, of our awareness of ourselves and stuff too. So this is like 20th and 21st century where we're at now. And then witnessing the shadows of the deep, the unveiling. It's a lot of Plutonic Scorpio, Scorpio energy. It's related to Hades as well, because we're going into the depths of existence. And this is where we're having a lot of death of systems and rebirth of new, uh, of, of new cells, the transformation and transmutation. Um, it's the plant being born of the seed from the first period. The first period that went on, the more Uranus, the eight, mid 18th century, 19th century, you know, we broke it. We're, this is a breakdown in a smaller cycle to kind of give you a starting point. That's this is the third point we're in, the Christos, the God seed in man for uplifting potential. And you can relate that back to even the raising of consciousness. You know, these in these unconscious depths of human existence that that need to be aroused, the need to be purged, and then the ghosts of the past must be faced and dissolved by the sword of severance, which Jesus, you can say, with a Christos, brought to the collective mankind before the new seeds can begin to germinate, perhaps under the symbolism of trans-Plutonian planet, which is along, along the lines of where we're at now, especially that we're seeing, yes, Pluto is scorpionic energy, but Pluto also is, and isn't Pluto exalted in Capricorn? Uh, no, that's Mars. Or it just works well, or it just works well in Capricorn. Yeah, I forget. What, what, what is Pluto exalted in? Yeah. I mean, I could see it though if it's Mars is and Mars is also Scorpionic. Yeah, I could see true, how maybe. Pluto, and this is why we're seeing such a shakeup with the Uranus, and that's what I'm saying. This gives you a starting point. You look at those three planets, especially because those are big ones that are, have been activated lately between the pandemic with the Saturn uh, Pluto conjunction, uh, the the great conjunction of Jupiter and Saturn as well more of these longer cycles and these longer cycles are covering a period of the 18th, 19th, 20th to 21st century. And this gives you a track hmm. so you can relate to it as well. Um, I think that's, that's the whole point of, of, of why this stood out to me uh, because Hey, I had to do it myself too. As we're talking about this news that came up for us and came up for all these, you know, th these specific communities, you know, 
that's where the min- the mind went. The mind went to wanting to see, okay, what's my role in this? And that's the type of awareness that you kind of have to bring about within yourself is to be able to know when to act, when to move, when to sit, when to, and that that's where we're saying and showing how all these connectivities break down the existence of our real of ourselves and the reality that we're we're in and that what's manifesting. Yeah, and greatly uh, to understand greatly the fact that what you just explained of traveling through the, 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 the timeline of humanity and seeing the, how when planets were found and certain things would happen and unfold and we could see the fact that as above, so below and everything's going on up there is going on down here. So when we become mm-hmm. aware of this, is like, are we going to really be wise and, and be proactive? And I emphasize that so much. Like it, I just feel like a lot of people, they, they're filling in voids or, or, or protecting themselves from hurt and trauma and all of that or play into their victimhood with this stuff when yet this is the stuff that should be freeing you. So becoming aware of like, you know, why would you go and read the past about when we found Uranus and Neptune and all that? Because the, that, the, 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 the finding of those things and then the expression of those things coming out through human consciousness and all of that. Just like prior to you reading that, I had the, you know, Dion Fortune saying, hey, all of the occult is just states of consciousness. So astrology is in the occult. And so these planets are these states of consciousness. And ironically, we find Uranus and then it just kind of, it trickles down into Neptune and then Pluto. And then all of a sudden we're entering a new age, you know? So it's almost like the primer to a new age, but we have this knowledge. So let's take advantage of it. We could see the storms ahead. We could, we are, we are aware of them. And if you're not yet, I mean, no offense to anybody. Get off your ass and start learning astrology instead of jumping around. And I'm guilty of this, by the way. I'm going to click this astrologer and this astrologer. Oh, there's another Sagittarius rising video and there's a Gemini video. And I'm just going to go here and I'm going to take snippets from here and I'm just going to whatever and kind of be, no, learn it. Like get disciplined, get, be, be, you know, it, remember mm-hmm. the core ruler of, of Aquarius is you have Uranus, but then you have Saturn. That's discipline. Right, mm-hmm. that's 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 order. That's uh, you know, and obviously there's different. It's different aspects to to Saturn and all that, uh, or Aquarius. Yeah. But the thing is, is it is going to take this discernment and hard work and, and and dedication to things and a detachment. And so, if you know all of this stuff, why have you not started applying it yet? And I get it. Mm-hmm. Life couldn't it maybe isn't that. It, it can it can, sometimes can't be that simple due to certain circumstances. But that's the whole point. You know, we're, we're, we're gaining this knowledge and awareness. And even say if it's not astrology, say it's just, you know, maybe you're listening to podcasts to get more perspectives. You don't really have a following. Maybe you're religious and you just like to hear, sir, fine. But is anything in your life that you do every day daily, does it serve you or does it not? And how can it, if it, if it's, if it's not like, how can you start integrating all of this stuff? And I, I mean, I emphasize the occult because the occult is understanding consciousness, which is the mind, which is something I think leads to the suffering if you're not aware of. I, I um, Not to ramble, but what was the, there was a, I think it was actually from the same book, Gio. Uh, I think hmm. it was something about like how a man, when he's not aware of the energies, um, that he's not, like he's almost being thrown around into this cosmic, uh, like basically pool of shit. Um, hmm. But it obviously says it in a way, different type of, uh, you know, proper thing i'm looking for it but yeah i mean technically these things are make it's giving you the i got it uh 
Yeah, the occultist needs to know the set of the cosmic tides in order that he may lay his course accordingly, and it is in this that the astrologer can help him. He does not, however, abandon himself to the drift of the tides, but takes them into his calculation and allows them for their influence. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And we all have a general understanding of cycles. I mean, we deal with it with time, with seasons and all that stuff. So if we have a general idea, why can't we also build up on that? Because obviously there's a lot to learn in the physical and there's a lot to learn about time and space and the existence of that way. But do it in a way that you're going to learn about time and space and potential and stuff to the way that's going to help you be able to explore and navigate outside of, of, of that confined space of our reality of what's in. If we're talking about doing these very miraculous things and that maybe seem a little woo-woo or supernatural and stuff like that, it also is coming from a, a understanding and understanding of even just how the system works. But it's not to get lost, not to get lost in the physicality of the system and becoming obsessed with thinking that all these things in the physical realm are completely... Um, you know, say like more so secret societies and stuff like that are not the complete overseers of the bigger picture. They have a part to play and a role to play as well in that, in, in, in this, in this, uh, this IMAX movie that's being presented to us, Hmm. but there's an, but there's an overall, and there's something to know more overall in the, uh, which, which is not, which is outside the confines, confines of time and space. And whether you believe it or not, like there is possibly, and that's where the speculation comes in, that there's a potential to reach that, that, that side of things and reach that side of consciousness as well. And there's a lot that shows us with it. And that's why we're pointing out the synchronicities and starting with the astrology. Because as you've seen, astrology then leads to understanding these archetypal things and this, its energy and its synodic cycles, its vibration, its sacred geometry, geometry. It's within nature. It's within ourselves. Oh shit. So therefore I got to start in point of where to work up, you know, what do I need to uh, strengthen up more? It's a good point. And I think a, another good point to, to add to that would be that anybody out there who's just getting into this stuff, let's just say you're in the philosophy, but not astrology. You're in the psychology. If that's the, you know, that's to me, Follow that, but just don't, you know, like, for example, I love music and I love astrology probably the most, but that doesn't mean I'm not going to expand in philosophy and psychology and see other points of views because you don't know what you're going to get. And I think that's what like the mindset has to become for at least for us to grow and to expand is to get out of the paradigms and even the ones that you enjoy, you know, to step Mm -hmm. outside temporarily and utilize everything that you can that you have at hand. And the astrology says to do that. And I mean, if you were entering, which we are the age of Aquarius, which we're not there yet. I won't agree that we're there yet because then we, it would be Mm -hmm. starting to build where it's still, things are still falling apart. It's very obvious. We're Mm -hmm. not in the age of Aquarius. But we're clearly in a shifting time. Yeah. It's, it's it's not so, it's not so rapidly happening. It's something that's kind of unfolding over a period of time. And I think sometimes thinking that it's just this radical, overnight type shift kind of clouds our way of processing the moment of what's unfolding. Mm. Yeah. Five to mm. earth, you know, oh, yeah. rapture, uh, that type of stuff. It's just yeah. like, if it's too good to be true, it is. 
You know, even astrology, if you thought when getting into astrology or even the occult, that you thought like, oh, it's just if I do a few rituals and I give pay homage to the you know the sun god and or yeah. that oh if I was aware of my astrology that I wouldn't run into anything bad or I can control things. No, that's the that's the big mm. disappointment you find out. To, like I wasn't disappointed. I was already highly aware of this. But a lot of people enter the realm of astrology. A lot of it being that they're not in a great place. And when mm-hmm. they do it, they think, oh, I'm going to learn this. And some think, oh, um, now I feel like I'm going to have control of things. No, no, no. You have the awareness. You see the hurricane coming. That means you cannot blow it away. It's going gonna, it's gonna to still potentially come. But how will you prepare for it? So if you walk into this work and in any of these studies of the occult and you have that fundamental understanding of it and understanding of it, well, then you're suited. You're in a way you're half initiated, right? That's what the initiations for with these secret societies. That's what they were for. They were making sure that your character, morality, you know, attitude and all that was primed to understand this really powerful and deep knowledge that was only given to certain people that could handle it. Um, you know, and I mentioned before mm-hmm. when I read the passage about the left-hand path, it's using this knowledge but for self, for passions, mm-hmm. for the lower mind, when the right hand is for God, for the coll- for for the whole, for 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 all of creation, for evolution. Mm-hmm. So you just have to prime yourself for these things. And if you could do that, like even so now, right full 360 on, oh my God, they're gonna start, you know, censoring these um what were they called again? The, the targeted ads and mm-hmm. and they might start su- shutting things down for for uh, you know astrologers and tarot readers. Okay, well, first of all, the evidence isn't there that it, that's actually happening, but the evidence is there that it can happen now, and that's the way I see it. So because of that, well, we have a decision to make. You know, we have an opportunity. Instead of seeing, oh my God, this is going to fall mm-hmm. apart. You know, it's going to things are going to. You know, it, it, this is going to be against me. This is going to ruin my living. Oh my God! You, and you lay down and give up. You have the opportunity right now, even if we had mm-hmm. only till March. You could still yeah. have the opportunity to do something. And what are you going to do about it? Well, let's be creative, let's communicate, and let's get to it. Yeah, absolutely. Because this is the, you know, this is why we're talking about this because we're in that, there is a window within. Yeah, there's this overall bigger, there's a bigger time window and stuff. But because we saw in the macro this, this time scale that we're in and seeing the cycle, you can see that down more to the more micro in your life and being that, like you even just said, it could be all the way up, up until maybe having March. And there's a lot of astrological stuff eventually we'll get into even for the upcoming times. But um, th- this is this is where we're seeing it and we're changing the mindset. We're changing the mindset to be in a more harmonious, balanced nature and stuff because why are we able to access that? Because we're having this understanding of seeing the shift that's occurring, you know, and, 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 now we're seeing the importance, especially with something that's triggering like this, about the importance of, okay, um, how do I kick it into gear? How do I put up the kickstand so I can, you know, not wobble and fall off as well? I need to sure. progress in a certain way, but I don't want to get too overwhelmed and over myself, over in over my head with whatever it may be that I'm doing. So where do we find that? Um, and I like how you know, even that whole thing of understanding, uh, learning from our past through those three planets, through the centuries, through what's occurred, we can learn a lot about ourselves as well. And we could also learn about the energy so we can maybe better understand where we're at um, mm. in the overall and how that affects us. And it's it's crazy because we are in that time shift of the 21st century where 
in the 21st century is going to be, you know, beyond our, our, our own lives. You know, we'll, we, we'll, we won't most, we won't be around for that exact moment or shift and stuff, but we are in the culmination leading up to that point and stuff. But in the 21st century, it is that major time period of actually making that shift into the Aquarian, Aquarian age coming out of the Piscean age. And I, I want to actually bring up uh, just this little part from that same book um, of Dan Rudyard. Is this his book? Mm. Oh, uh, yeah. What, yeah. Astrological yeah. timing. Yes. Okay. Yes, it is. Great book. Right. Great book. Share screen. I love that book. Okay. All his books. See, I have, I have, I have a bunch of them and this guy was very under, not even underappreciated. Just, People need to re re realize because <laughs> they did yeah. already. I know some have talked about them, but let's realize it again. Like Dame Rudyard's work's fantastic. Yeah, seriously, because I like the way he even expresses this as far as this time that we're shifting into. Um, and and this is re- this is uh, this is written up without knowing really the twenty first century as well in this way, but it's crazy how it actually aligns. So there's the zodiacal sign of Pisces has a passive, which we've been in the Pisces age, this receptive uh, psychic aspect, but it's also the sign in which the sword of severance can be handled to cut through the phantasms of accumulated and festering subconscious and karmic memories or engrams. In the sign Pisces, many generals and admirals have been bored, including Washington, as the last sign of the zodiac, it represents both the karmic pressure of the past and the great effort of repudiation and, per, and purgation needed to overcome this past. It is the symbol of collective crises, of group catharsis. And when Pluto focuses its ruthless energy upon such crises, these indeed become awesome in their relentless and total character. So we we can get, get a lot from that awareness and that understanding of even how those archetypal energies, if we can see how they actually are things that are within our, um, our grasp that we actually do interact with this innate natural law of of, of this intelligence that's going on. We can see now on the even micro scale of even ourselves, our shift in our own lives, our shift in our own mentality, what things are we growing on or we're getting in the way of allowing us to be in this innovative time, especially with Aquarius ruling innovation and stuff, how are we going along with the process that's naturally flowing as well? Um, and I think that's where you see a lot of that, you know, going in that Piscean, Neptunian energy and stuff. And we've had a lot of interaction with Pluto, uh, especially now that's been very, very active. And it's like that next part of this inner shift, um, as, as well and stuff. and But the thing is, we still have that Piscean energy. We still have a little of that um, deceptive nature, that not knowing our boundaries as well and stuff with Neptune and Pisces as well right now um, and the Jupiterian energy in Pisces. But there is going to be this radical shift, especially even in March, that's going to kind of like, I feel like that's really going to shift things into gear more and you know, you kind of have to have, have, have you defined what the work is for yourself? You know, you, hmm. I think that you at least gotta, you at least gotta have that. Um, or else it, it, it is going to feel bumpy. And do you want to create yeah. less, less of the work for yourself and, and less of, you know, spare yourself the pain a little bit. 
Well, and this is a time of the, like right now it's a full moon in Leo and uh, it, it's a time to really have it reflect on your, like, where's your power? Where do you, where are you the, where mm. are you Leo the lion, you know, in your life? What, what house is that in, in your chart? Especially you, know, you Pluto Scorpio it? people. <laughs> oh yeah. No, it's, it's time for us to like our, t- our time is now, right? So mm-hmm. like Pluto Scorpio generation, it's time to wake up and it's time to get things rolling because we're next in line. You know, we're the ones that have to to take initiative and get out of our own traumas and get out of our own isolation. And the, the astrology, in a way, is actually uh, in our favor. Um, I, I believe that, right? So I think there's yeah. activations going on. And so with mm-hmm. those activations, I see activations as opportunities. And with opportunities, you know, comes those moments in time where you can make a difference and it could be in your own life and in the collective or at least the people that surround you. And, you know, if not, you know, what, what do you live for? You know, are you, are you the left-hand pather? You know, are you the slave to your lower desires and your passions? Or are you for creation and God and, and, and the family of humanity and all of that stuff? And there's no judgment if you're either one. I mean, I'm pretty sure Pluto and Scorpio generation, we probably have a f- pretty good split of that. Uh, mm-hmm. I can see that. I can sense that in a way that, um, mm-hmm traumas and, and, and bad situations and abandonment can lead a soul if it's not strong enough. And I'll say it that way is like, mm-hmm. if it's not, doesn't have the strength in its soul to say, not give into those lower de- desires after experiencing suffering. Um, mm-hmm. Actually, it was in that book with the, with the Wilhelm Reich, the, uh, I for, actually forgot the name, but I had found a passage saying, it's like what they linked, he linked sexuality with either, um, what was it? With like destructive, it could either be of love or it could be of destruction, and but mm-hmm. it's the same energy, and the like you know the fetishes, the pet you know the um, uh, you know the turn-ons for people and stuff can eventually go from love to destruction, but it's the same out, it's the same thing, just the two of course the two different experiences, yin yang of the expression of love, mm-hmm. and so if you can't have something that you love, you'll destroy it, right? So mm-hmm. same thing when it comes to I feel like the Plutonic energy, like if you. Like, let's say you, with one of your parents and you love them, but they turned on you and then they passed away and now you can't have what you love. Now you become probably something like the parent or you, you turn to destruction because you can't mm. transmute that energy. So Pluto and Scorpio, we, it's such a volatile placement. And by the way, the uh, exaltation, Pluto doesn't have one. It's just, just has a domicile. Mm. So it's, it's okay. falls in Taurus and it's domiciles in Scorpio. There's no exaltation. Mm. I looked at two wow. two different websites, and uh, I'll have to do more research. But pretty notable websites, so I'll, I'll take that. I'll take their mm-hmm. word for it. So, um, yeah. So we have Pluto in home. You know, he's he's yeah. comfortable. Some of us have Saturn in Cap too. I'm one of those people. Mm-hmm. I have Pluto in, at home. I have Saturn at home. I have Cancer at home. And then I feel like there's one more I have. That's like, like I had a lot of. Um, odd placements where I I was given like the, like basically these planets in my chart. They're chilling. They're like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm the strongest. I think that was actually it. Um, Pluto Scorpio. Did I say that? Pluto Scorpio. Yeah, yeah I did. Saturn Capricorn, mm-hmm. Moon and Cancer. Um, but anyway, w- when it comes to this, the time period you and I were both born around, there were mm-hmm. so many powerful pl- placements of transformation. So yeah. it's coming to the point now where we're, be- we're becoming more conscious and aware. And we had this whole pandemic for things to really, to really try and work things out spiritually and mentally. And can we come out this other side and transmute mm-hmm. this energy together, come together as a community and better the world? Or yeah. Shiva, right? Was it Shiva? 
Destruction. Uh, Shiva the Destroyer. Yep, exactly. And that's the thing. Are we learning from that karmic past, basically? Of even when we kind of zoom in and reflect on the culmination, the buildup. You know, we're talking about times of your great grandparents, too. There is a lineage, there is a root to it. And it's not just, oh, what happened in the 18th, 19th century that's so outside of ourselves. We're putting ourselves into that timeline to understand how that has been the, 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 the original ultimate image that was going against the status quo that was enacting change during that time, how that we're, we're part of that drama that's unfolded. And we all have our ancestors that are uh, involved and linked in with that creation and manifestation of the reality that actually occurred and stuff. So it's like, we can go into that understanding of it, especially when we look at it as if this, you know, when you're looking at the astrology, it's, it's the stamping, the imprint of those moments in time. And we can reflect back on those times the same way that you can take a picture and look at it and reflect at a time. And it brings up thoughts, feelings, and memories and all this stuff as well, too. Um, so this is where we have this Akashic record for ourselves. We have this, this database and learning how to utilize it, learning how to enhance it, and then learning how to you know, communicate with others to uphold this on, on a grander scale. And then really there is no nothing to fear. There is nothing to worry about in, in that sense because no matter what, you know that you're walking this path. Um, but another thing that was an excerpt from, from that same book, I really liked it when trying to view the, um, the astrology a little bit more um, and, and kind of go back to another time. It's the conjunction of Neptune and Pluto in 1891 and 92. Um, it initiated the process which we see operating during this 20th century. It began the new electronic revolution. Now, think then and then think now. With the discoveries of x-rays and radium, with the quantum theory, and also with Freudian uh, psychoanalysis, which led to proliferation of psychological systems and of techniques of psychotherapy. The release of atomic energy, which began when Neptune entered Libra, uh, first atomic pile reaction in Chicago and the atomic explosion of 1945 where further manifestations of the capacity inherent uh, in a consciousness attuned to the rhythm of cosmic energy to perform in the creative destructive mode of the divine. God is focused in the infinity, uh, infinity some simile small as well as in the immense vast universal whole. I know I just couldn't read there for a second, but the release of God power in perfect and total performance is the meaning of design, divine sonship. We come from this initiated energy. We are the divine sonship. So we are the next process of creation. And this is a time we're in. This is why our century is one uh, dynamized by activism. What do we see right now? There's a lot of outcry for rights, a lot of activisms, a lot of isms in general. Um, it's the century of consciousness that become acting, that start, that, start, that, that start really shifting in or setting the tone for this new age and what's to come. And, you know, are you going to fall behind in your own way and stuff? And that's the thing we're trying to not necessarily avoid, but learn to work with. Yeah, and you know, it's funny you brought up the isms. I can't find the one section of that Manly P. Hall book talking about how, you know, they've there was this ancient knowledge and everything has just become isms. 
you know, and mm-hmm. it, we've broken everything up in so many different forms. And, you know, the way you had outlined the, uh, the astrology from Rudyard's book, I mean, I recommend that to everybody. I recommend his, his work to everybody. Uh, that's a fantastic book. I love the breakdown of the age and the, um, the 12 step process and relating it to the houses so that every age has an actual, like your chart has the 12 houses, um, that I think it's, I forget how many years, uh, I feel like 180 or two, I forget how many, but they broke, he mm-hmm. broke even the age down in like a chart wheel. Um, but when it comes down to it as well, I mean, I think it's just understanding, like if you're not sold on say mostly the astrological or you don't understand it, I recommend that mm-hmm. you try to understand the basis of the occult or understanding symbolism. If you don't want to go occult, mm-hmm. pick up a Carl Jung book, maybe man and his symbols or stu- uh, stuttering, uh, studying some, uh, some sort of archetypal knowledge and, yeah. and just understanding the psyche. The psychological um, and how, aspect, yeah. Yeah, well, and and how archetypes work. You know, like, mm-hmm. why is it you have certain favorite movie characters or comedians? You know, like, why do you like that one uh, podcast with them? Because you see yeah. parts of yourself in those dudes. That's what it is. Yeah. Uh, what's the name again? Yeah, I, there's was, Louder was, with Crowder and then the, yeah, there you go. The, those ones that Chris Diel is in, The Fighter and the Kid. Uh, right, yeah, so there you go. You, yeah. Yeah, and you talk about them all the time, right? So mm-hmm. um, you see part of yourself in them. It's why you're attracted to them. There's a part of your psyche that's tuning to these guys. And then when you're watching them, you know you like them. You know that they're mm-hmm. a part of you in a way because of how it makes you feel. So that goes with anything you're doing, right? And uh, in a way, being an artist for me my whole life has helped me see these things from a natural standpoint, meaning I'm always like, yeah, yeah, everything's a reflection of you. I even have a song called Reflections of You from Failure and Vanity, which I didn't write the lyrics or name it, but it ended up being one of my songs because Jimmy Allen had wrote it. But Mm -hmm. I've always thought that. And I don't know if he did that on purpose, by the way, but if he didn't and it was meant to be, you know, that I always believed that everything is a reflection of you. Why do I have Vegeta Mm -hmm. on my arm? You know, like it's because his story, it was his aspects. I saw a part of my psyche in his story. Mm -hmm. Maybe it wasn't the whole thing, but we're always going to see that. And so that's what I think is more probably... um, if if I had to say, well, if you don't feel like studying astrology or you don't really care about it, you don't even believe it, even though you know the moon affects the tides and sun grows plants and all that, and tra- every, all that energy is being transmitted, mm-hmm. but you don't, and you're 80, 90% salt water and okay, fine. If you don't want to, it's fine. Mm-hmm. But if more so than understanding the symbolic and psychological and archetypal knowledge, so then you could start diving into your unconscious mind to uncover mm-hmm. these things. And you know what? And if you don't care, then you don't care. You know, yeah. I, I think you get unlimited amounts of tries. Um, I, unless God gets fed up at some point, and I was like, "Look, you're not. If you're not going to try, yeah. I'm not sending you down there." Um, but anyway, I did want to read just to add on to mm-hmm. my point here. I'll let you. I'll let you go. Maybe you can say something about what mm-hmm. I'm about to read. It's actually from the Manly P. Hall book, uh, "The Secret Teachings of All Ages," uh, and it's about the mysteries, secret societies, and symbolism. And maybe this will help some people see how it was basically approached or seen in in, in the growth of the occult. So it says, the answer is simple enough. Um, the mysteries were secret societies binding their initiates to invi- vi- uh, inviolable secrecy and, uh, and avenging with death the betrayal of their sacred trusts. Although these schools were the true inspiration of the various doctrines promulgated by the ancient philosophers, the fountainhead of those doctrines was never revealed to the profane. I'll repeat that one more time. The fountainhead of those doctrines was never revealed to the profane. Furthermore, in the lapse of time, the teachings became so extricably linked with the names of their disseminators that the actual but recondite source, the mysteries, came to be wholly ignored. 
<laughs> Symbolism is the language of the mysteries. And in fact, it is the language not only of mysticism and philosophy, but of all nature. For every law and power active in universal procedure is manifested to the limited sense perceptions of man through the medium of symbol. Every form existing in the diversified sphere of being is symbolic of the divine activity by which it is produced. By symbols, men have ever sought to communicate to each other those thoughts which transcend the limitations of language. Rejecting man-conceived dialects as inadequate and unworthy to perpetuate divine ideas, the mysteries thus chose symbolism as far more ingenious and an ideal method of preserving their transcendental knowledge. In a single figure, a symbol may both reveal and conceal, for to the wise, the subject of the symbol is obvious, while to the ignorant, the figure remains inscrutable. Hence, mm -hmm. he who seeks to unveil the secret doctrine of antiquity must search for that doctrine, not upon the open pages of books, which might fall into the hands of the unworthy, but in the place where it was originally concealed. Hmm. Yeah. Well, that's where you see the, the attention to having this awareness of, um, of, of basically the holders of knowledge, of, of this knowledge, the holders of this information, we can see that instead of looking at it like, oh, well, that was then and with this type of thing, we can also see how if we think in the sense that, uh, I don't know if this is string theory or whatever, that everything's happening all at once, a parallel, you know, with its own moment in time and stuff. Um, we could see that as, hey, we, we could be recur recurring through that time period as well. So we are also seeing how the, that's kind of coming about nowadays with just like then, who's going to be the holder of this knowledge, the gatekeepers of this knowledge or information and the data and stuff and how through the data um, or the information and these knowings, how are, are, are we seeing it be used in our own physical lives, whether it's physically equipping the body and physically equipping the mind and, and, and filtering out the mentations in order to feed our consciousness and not just feed our subconscious or uh, uh, in, in, in the sense of our ego. You know what I'm saying? Like we're learning to not avoid it, but we're learning to uh, enhance the enhance the use and the function of the ego through the understanding of the data and the knowledge because we're seeing this be a, a law in the creation of our reality. We're seeing that this is how it's fundamentally presented in order to create this structure. And then the structure changes. There's pivot points where structure changes and things got to crumble and come down. And that's how I would the relation to the astrology and, and the death and rebirth of the Plutonian energy. But okay, so that's, that's the navigation point. This is what we're breaking down. This is what we're, we're extracting from these teachings, from this understanding of this, these higher sciences too. And to look, look at them legitimately as sciences, you know? Right. Well, and to be honest with you, I think this actually lands at a perfect stopping mm -hmm. point for the next episode because we'll yeah. we'll continue to go deeper because I I do want to then you know we I don't know why we explain ourselves we're very much like the other you know we're, we're we try to be conscientious of all listeners and you know and, well of course but so to to let you guys know that we're aware that you know there's so many areas to hit 
And astrology is a big one, and we are we are firmly deep into to the learning and understanding of astrology, understanding mm-hmm. and and applying it and bringing it to you guys. But what we're also trying to do is integrating other perspectives and trying to just let you see the occult and astrology and all these different mm-hmm. fa- facets and different approaches, so you can at least just understand why people do these things. Just like even mm-hmm. though I'm not a religious person, I at least took the time out to understand why would they believe that. And then by mm-hmm. doing that, it gave me more wisdom and understanding on things and understanding on things where now it's like by gaining that perspective and, and, and allowing myself to just suspend my beliefs just to see through the, the lens of another person and try and fully use my brain and say, this is probably why they would want to believe this. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you start to gain power because you got, it, cause it's perception. It's, it, perception is power. Perspective is power because you're starting to gain choice. But if you follow just one simple path and you've, you know, one religion your whole life, you've never fully explored and you think that God put you here. And if you don't follow the priest and the guy right off the top, say, and he would, he's going to punish you for not experimenting and finding him yourself. I mean, wouldn't God, right? Wouldn't he want you to step outside the church and tell them to go screw so he, you can find mm-hmm. him organically opposed to yeah. saying that this guy says, no, 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 you don't have to find him. He's right here. He's, it's right here. I, mm-hmm. I just, we're going to, you know, read this prayer for me, put $10 in my basket, you know, if you yeah, want, invite right. your son over, invite your son over later without you, <laughs> um, especially if he's under 10 years old, uh, just so I could teach him a few things. But the thing is, is, you know, it's a thing of the Jesuits, by the way, I said, give mm-hmm. me a boy at eight years old and I'll show you what I thought, what was that? That was a phrase. Someone should look that up. Hmm. So, serious. Um, give me a thousand dollars and send you a rag. Shouldn't it be working there you go. for us? A nice handkerchief. This is, yeah. This, isn't this the thing that we should be reflecting on? And that's the thing is we may constantly want to point out the hypocrisy of others and shit like that, but are we reflecting on how that's an, a reflection of even our own hypocrisy in our life? Maybe not to the same extent of which is outside us all the time, but it's there. The concept and the principle of it is there and stuff. And checking our own hypocrisy, not to try to, you know, also in the same breath, not trying to silence other people's viewpoints, but knowing how they right. they coexist together and how they work together and Respecting coming it to, all. yeah, and coming to a universal truth because that's, I think, a lot of what we're seeing kind of come about and what we're in conflict and all the tension is about as well, too, is this, which way is, is life going to go now? Which way, you know, we've, we've made it up to a certain point, I think. Even if you think about the United States and even thinking having its Pluto return as well, that's happening and stuff like, you know, it's a long process, a long period of time as well. You know, we've had already um, things that have implemented that type of energy, but like even us, we are still a young nation, um, still developing and we've ridden a system for a long time. There's got to be and there's got to come a point where things are going to fucking change. And, and that's where it comes into seeing the broader spectrum, spectrum of it and being like, okay, I need to have an acceptance here. And I need to know that, hey, things may not look exactly the same anymore. Am I going to keep holding on to and crying about the fact that it's like, oh, but this is not fair. It shouldn't change like this. It's like, no, what do you, you're going to be like, okay, I got to adapt. Okay. You know, I got to see how I could still stay in my truth through all of it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So it's about being proactive and we started this off mm. really focusing on community and it is important, mm. but we're also, there's this individuation process we all have to understand mm. and, and, and using 
you know, emphasizing astrology because it is a fascinating tool. It is mm-hmm. something that could give you, you could see the hurricane coming. And then, so because we could see it's 25 miles offshore and we have all this time to prepare, just like right now, this little thing happens with TikTok and Instagram and maybe we overblow it, maybe we overshot it. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, they're just trying to help us with the targeting ads or whatever it could be. Whether good, whether bad, whether serious, whether not. We potentially mm-hmm. see some dark clouds out there. We don't know what if it's a storm yet. But we're out here, you know, clear blue skies at the moment. Maybe not clear blue, but like, you know what I mean? And we have the operate, like it's saying, okay, maybe I should go grab the umbrella out of the trunk and certain things. So just in case the storm comes, I could place it in the sand, mm-hmm. sit here and allow it to pass over. You know, it's, it's just a metaphor for saying, hey, you know, the radar is on and we have the opportunity now to come together as a community and get to know each other more and make... Uh, and make this Aquarian reality an actual reality opposed to some mental reality of 5D and the man bearing the pitcher of water and there were symbols and symbols mm. and symbols. It's like, let's, let's really make the symbols a reality. And this yeah. is what it's going to take. So, and uh, mm. by the way, once again, shout out to Cam White. I, I, I try to message him and I'm a pain in the ass that guy because I'm, <laughs> yo, music, astrology, like, bro, we're fucking on the same frequency. Sad's rising, mm. motherfucker. Let's go. You know, let's make yeah. some music. Let's start some astrology shit. Let's do some podcast, it, whatever. Like, and if anyone's out there thinking, you know, because I feel like some people who have more views, I'm not saying can, but there's certain people that maybe I email or that I deal with that have certain, mm-hmm. like more views, subscribers that they think I'm trying to email them or comment them because I'm trying to feed off and leech off their subscribers mm-hmm. or whatever. I just sense that that's what it is because why are they so shut off? You yeah. know, it's like, I think well, everybody's got a lot of defensive mine, position. They do. But like, oh, you look at mine and you see, say, what, 340 or 50 subscribers and you think, what, I'm just trying to, you know, like trying to just play with your bum a little bit so I get a few subscribers over my way. It's like, no, like this is how we're going to build a community is trusting one another. And, yo, use your inner tuning fork. Like Mm -hmm. read people, give them a chance, though. I always give people a chance. I make a read and I usually make a read without telling them. Yeah. yeah, don't always expect the worst of 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 everybody too. Hold yourself to a standard of of kind of what's going to mesh well as well with yours. But that's a big part of the reason of that's why during these times right now, if we're trying to build up more of the community aspect and learning how to communicate with other other ones uh, other people and stuff too. Uh, it comes down to the point of being able to respect each other's timing and respect each other's processes as well, because we want that as well in return as we're having our own evolutions and our own growth and stuff. This is the revolution. It's through our own growth, you know, and, and, and being able to connect through the processes and respecting each other's processes as well. So, um, there's something else I was going to say with that because, um, I forget it, but anyway, that's really that's really what we're seeing that's kind of coming about with this type of thinking of okay how do we actually create that community how do we how do we actually connect in that way and it's stop being so scared of your own shadow as well which your own shadow is your own self but it also is reflected as other people too and oh that was the other thing I was going to say it's like really that's why we're looking in these areas cuz these areas are helping us understand the different personalities that exist without there. And there's archetypes behind those personalities. And once again, we're creating a blueprint for the understanding of the psyche as the collective, as the whole, and as the individual. And even if we're looking at other individuals, we're seeing the emotional processes because all this creates and, you know, all this emotion and belief and thoughts and stuff like that creates action and creates reality and stuff. So, 
we're, we're seeing other people as if we're seeing ourselves, learning about the psyche in that way, and of course ourselves, and seeing in that way, learning the psyche, breaking it down through the symbolisms, through the astrology, that's how we're getting back to knowing thyself, really coming in and build, with building it within the temple. And then we'll get to what all those things mean. We'll get to more astrological transits as we go through this too. Right. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure we, we laid a good foundation here and we're going to yeah. grow on. We're, we're, we'll, we'll expand mm-hmm. on this more and more and we're going to try and, and be in touch with more people. Shout out to Jax Atlantis and also Ann Wolke too, who mm-hmm. we've been in contact with and, you know, historical. Uh, I wanted mm-hmm. like a shout out to historical, the documentary series where we, we there, there was a, one of our first real collaborations. Um, we had, you know, David Weiss and Santos mm-hmm. Bonacci on the show, but they came and went and that wasn't really, you know, we stuck around with Jackson mm-hmm. and Ann and we're working with them in a way, right? So in a way, we see that as the beginning to our journey of, you know, expanding mm-hmm. out, you know, reaching a handout and say, hey, I don't mind working with you. Like, let's let's collaborate. Let's see something. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do the same thing with my music, you know, Paradigms Productions and my bands. It's like I reach my hand out and say, hey, I'm going to trust you. If you do anything, though, I will drop you, you know, mm-hmm. but like, I'll trust you. I'll put my hand out and try and lift you up and say, hey, like, let, let's get something rolling. Um, yeah. If we don't start doing this, I mean, I really think the pandemic, the real one is uh, is depression and, and loneliness yeah. and stuff like that, mm-hmm. right? It's the lack of the Leo energy and the Saturnian Aquarian coming in and giving us this lesson. And we have to hit that Saturn Aquarius with that boom, that warmth of the Leo and start reaching mm-hmm. our hands out and really cr- and, and, and risking yourself a little bit, you know, set yeah. a foundation so no one can destroy you, know who you are, set your mission, go after it. But the thing is at the same time, there are those risks of sticking your hand out and someone mm-hmm. may try to pull you down, but that's why you build your structure now mm-hmm. and you, and you put yourself in place where you're concrete to your, to your, to your path, to your str- So no one can pull you off your path. And the only thing you could do with them is pull you on, pull them on yours. And if they decide to try and manipulate that, let the universe, I'm telling you, man, we got to also yeah. like, Hey, the spiritual community learn to trust the universe too. Mm-hmm. I think people yeah. have a problem with that. You got to trust that you got to trust that process and that natural order of things. And, um, right. um, I was going to say that's, that's, that's this whole thing. That's there's this, uh, uh, initiative. I don't know if that's the word I was looking for. It was another I word. <laughs> um, oh, this is um, incentive. The incentive is there for all of us right now. And that's something that we're going, we're creating even for ourselves. And if you're listening to this, there's a frequency, even what we're creating here at the daily transcendence podcast as well. Like you were saying, even working with Ann and Jax and stuff, uh, even the work that we've done with Phil and, and his podcast and the, right, the people that he, yeah. yeah, seriously, shout out to Phil unexplained incorporated. Um, a lot of great talks that he has with different walks of life and supernatural things and also entertaining thoughts um, and also gave us into connection to another side of astrology that even me and you, Ray, we don't necessarily um, have such a broad understanding like we do, you know, for a lot of the astrology that we talk about, it's like something like sidereal. And I'm looking forward to what's going to come, especially working with Jackson and Moore and his and and Phil at Unexplained and even this astrologer Amanda. Um, it's also going to, that's the example that we're creating is this type of learning how to communicate and learning how to build this little bit of community and the cycling of energy because there's a lot to be taught, whether it's, you know, there's there's a lot of exchange there. 
Like even the whole thing of Amanda, it's going to give us a better understanding and link it to our own understanding now that we have and what we both come across to see more so of how sidereal works in that way. Maybe it's right. a broader aspect of this psyche of which we're trying to dive into to understand of ourselves and, and, and knowing how to pull ourselves out of out of maybe the funky, wonky energy that's going on. I, I always saw it as a, the, you know, and we'll, we won't go down this rabbit mm-hmm. hole because we'll just start all over. But I would say that, you know, sidereal to me is the collective. Mm-hmm. That's I, I always saw it as it's the whole. It's mm-hmm. uh, the universe itself. It's where the universe is at. It's where the collective is at. And there's probably layers. And tropical is like local to you. You know, local mm-hmm. to your own life. But that's that's just right now, that's an observation. I'm, I, I yeah. am not well read in Vedic. So that's why we are saying it is it's going to be exciting to bring mm-hmm. these people on here or us also return back onto Phil's show as well and, and just entertain mm-hmm. these things and not scare people away of going, it's the evil screen, it's, uh, it's the devil, it's the archons. Don't look there. Just look on your computer screen and keep analyzing the same thing over and over and over and over, and over again. Can we grow mm-hmm. up and can we just learn to crawl down these rabbit holes and allow ourselves to study them and understand the fascination of them? And let's not scare people away from them. You know, there's certain people out there. I like to, you know, I just, I feel like we can handle things a little better with the not realizing mm-hmm. we're instilling fear or, or a hopelessness. There's a hopelessness yeah. that comes to, along with the, the, the whole fact of saying that there's this, that life is basically a trap. Yeah. That and even just it could have stage. It, yeah, right. But it could have qualities of being a trap. There could be traps mm-hmm. within life and the mechanism of life. But to yeah. consider life to be a trap itself, it's a very depressing mm-hmm. outlook. So, yeah. um, but we'll find out who's right, right? Like, let's let's entertain mm-hmm. it. Let's have fun. Maybe it is. That's how you got to yeah. be. Yeah. Let's open ourselves up to we're going through this evolving standpoint in life. So let's let's actually do something. Let's use the time to evolve. You know, right. and that's going to come through different thinkings, different speculations and contemplations of thing and looking in looking in other areas and also reaching out hands and listening to other people like and and seeing how they're perceiving life through their own lens, through their understandings, their beliefs, their emotions as well. Um, and this is what's culminating that information age, that uh, universal thought and groups and everything that that. The Aquarian age that's to come in this century. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of stuff that's going to come from us, especially in the next few episodes, um, breaking down a little bit more of the uh, more of the current energy that's uh, ahead of us as well, and stuff too, where we're at, more of the astrological parallels, how we're going to even how we can use understanding these through the. Uh, symbolic references of what's been taught before, what's been kept as secret knowledge. You know, this was just a, a brief overview of, of what's to come. So, and be sure to like, uh, hit that like button. Since we're talking about algorithms, you know, it really helps out. And um, hit up the comments. I like to really like to see more people hit up the comments and kind of see maybe where they're at. This comes point with getting feedback, not feedback saying oh, how we're doing or the podcast or whatever, but what thoughts come to your mind? Where are you at right now in your process and stuff? Where can we gauge one another and use each other as tools and instruments as well? And this creates that kind of uh, more of harmonious nature as well uh, when when it comes down to that. So right. do that up and um, yeah, stay tuned. Yeah. All right, guys. Till next time. 
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 